Welcome to Real Estate Investing in the Real World podcast. The topic of this episode is how to find great contractors. And hopefully I can condense for you a lifetime of experience so you can eliminate one of the most frustrating parts of real estate, which is dealing with bad contractors. Because unfortunately, there are bad people in every profession, right? There are bad attorneys, there are bad doctors, bad pastors, and there seems to be a predominantly high percentage of bad contractors too. But they're not all bad. There is a silver lining here. The story does have a happy ending. There are some amazing, there are some great contractors out there. And I'm hoping to share with you how you can find those people and work with them because they can make all the difference in the world. And there's so much more to hiring a great contractor beyond simply find it. So you're going to discover that as well. I'm Phil Pustiovsky, by the way, with FreedomMentor.com. I'm a full-time real estate investor, real estate mentor and coach to many of the most successful real estate investors all across North America. Best-selling author, my first book, How to Be a Real Estate Investor, which I give away for free. It's been a bestseller for many years. And then my second book, Real Estate Investing Gone Bad, tells you what not to do. Amazing lessons in here. Great contractors do exist. They are rare but they are there. And I want to share with you how you can find them. And that starts with you being the right customer for a great contractor. Interesting, huh? I'm going to focus on you for a moment because great contractors are in the minority. And so they can choose their customers and they do choose their customers. They don't put up with people that are going to be a pain in the butt and they want to work on the jobs that fit their skill set and they're going to be picky. And so if you want the best, you need to be the best. And so I'm going to describe to you three ways in which you can be the best so you can attract the right kinds of contractors. Let's get started. Number one, you need to know the job. You need to understand what the job entails so you can tailor the right kind of contractor to the job. I'm going to give you a simple example would be plumbing. If you have a clog in a drain pipe, you may not need some high-powered licensed plumber that does massive commercial jobs. You could use someone who's not even a licensed plumber to clear out that drain. But what if you want to put in an entirely new plumbing system? Now you need a, a specialized licensed plumber that does that kind of thing. Each different kind of contractor has their own set of skills. So you need to understand what your job is so you can fit the job to the contractor. Otherwise, what happens is either you have underkill or overkill. Either you have someone not qualified for the job or someone who's overqualified. You need someone who's ideally right in the qualified zone. And so if you're just getting started in real estate, this right here is a tough situation for you. This is why I'm a mentor. This is why I teach and mentor others so they can get up to speed, so they can be in the position where they can get the best deals, they can hire the best contractors, they can actually do this business right and make good money. So you need to understand what you're up against. And I'm not a big fan of overkilling or overhiring either. I think you need to make sure you fit the right contractor. So when I talk about the word great, I think we need to help define what that means. Great is not necessarily a big company or a small company or a medium-sized company. It's fitting the right company to the job. And great can be at all levels. Now, I personally prefer 
working with smaller outfits where the owner is actually doing some of the work and they might be overseeing some additional people underneath them on their team. I don't like going with the big, big companies where they send out entire teams. They have their own estimator and their own, you know, a back office team. That's a little bit too much overhead for me. But there are benefits to those kind of contracting operations as well. I'm not saying don't work with them. So that just happens to be one of my personal preferences. What great is to me is someone who's darn good at their role. So another example would be this. Let's say, for example, you need to get a new panel change for electrical work, and you need to get it done without pulling permits. Now, not all electricians are going to do that, but some might, and they might still be great, and they might be willing to kind of bend the rules and go ahead and replace that panel without having to pull permits. So great is relative, and I think that's the key lesson there. It's relative to the job, it's relative to the task, but the key is you know your job right, that way you can fit the right, uh, the right group into that particular job. Now, if you don't know the exact way to solve the problem, that's okay. When you call up the contracting team to be able to go get a bid, you can explain what you understand and what you don't. Okay, I know this is going wrong, but I don't really know how to solve it. That's fine. That can be their role. That's why they get paid the big bucks as that contractor to make sure that they f can fix that role, uh, that problem. But at least you know what the problem is because if you're completely clueless, a great contractor is going gonna, is gonna to move the other way. They don't want to put up with that kind of uh, confusion. They want to work with clear, concise people that have their act together. Okay, number two, maybe should have been number one, fast pay. Write this down. Fast pay makes for good friends. Fast pay makes for good friends. When you pay quickly, you, you open up your opportunities to work with all kinds of great contractors. Uh, recently, I had a big job, and uh, some of my other people were on a, on a previous job. They were still finishing up, and I need to get things moving. And so I, I, I reached out to one of the guys that I work with quite a bit, and I said, hey, do you have any recommendations? And we'll talk a little bit more about recommendations with the contractors on somebody uh, to do this electrical work for me. And uh, he said, yeah, I got a guy that a good friend of mine, he's been working for a big company for 15 years, just went out in his own, give him a call. Gave the guy a call. He says, yeah, you, um, yeah, Jeremy recommended you, Phil. He says that, uh, that, you, that, that you're a good guy to work with. I said, oh, really, what did Jeremy say about me? He started laughing. He says, you're the fastest payer of anybody he's ever worked with. You, he says, you pay his invoice the day he sends it, literally every single time. He's never seen anything like it his entire business life. Boom! Fast pay makes for good friends. When you pay fast, you make contractors happy. Now, again, you have to structure your contracts to make sure you're paying at the right time of the job and you're not paying too ahead of time. But when you do get the invoice, when you do have to pay, pay quickly. Also, by the way, I always pay, um, I'm going to say cash, but I always pay in the form of a check or a wire. I don't pay with credit cards with contractors because that extra 3% makes a big deal to them. Now, I do pay credit cards and I'm buying from suppliers, you know, your Home Depots and your, and your Lowe's and that sort of thing. But if I'm paying the contractor, I don't go the credit card route, even if they take credit cards, because they appreciate that extra 2 to 3%, let me tell you. All right, so if you know the job and you can pay fast, by the way, that also means you have to pay up front. also means you need to have the money, too. A lot of investors give us a bad name out there to, to great contractors because they don't pay their contracts because they don't have any money. Don't hire the contractor if you don't have the money. Just don't do it. Don't buy the property if you don't have enough money to pay the contractors necessary to get the job done right. Do it right or don't do it at all. Okay, so if you know the job, you, you are paying quickly, here's the next thing. You need to be clear in your communications. This is all the way from the beginning all the way to the very end of the job. Nobody likes to work with a boss that is confused. 
Because then they don't know what a good job looks like. And I'll tell you this, great contractors, they're not always the ones that charge the most money, but great contractors have a pride. They can beat their chest and say, I did that job right. They have a pride about doing it right. And so they don't know what right is if you don't clearly communicate what it needs to be accomplished. So if you're confused, you have a problem hiring great people. And that's what also happens as well. What contractors will do is they will price their job higher because they think you're going to be a confused pain in the butt. And contractors, you know what I'm talking about. Like, oh yeah, this person's going to change their mind three times and they're going to complain. They want you to to clearly communicate what your expectations are so that either A, they meet the expectations, great ones usually exceed the expectations, and then here's a big one, you need to take responsibility, okay? Take responsibility when you screw up, when you communicate incorrectly, when you ask them to do something that ends up being incorrect or looks stupid. You raise your hand and go, oh, that's my bad. Because when you do that, they'll do the same thing back. When they make a mistake, they'll say, Phil, I apologize, man. I couldn't get to the job yesterday. I know I promised I'd get that done. I know that's going to literally throw off the entire schedule with the additional contractors coming in. I'm so sorry. I'm going to get in there early tomorrow morning. I'm going to get it done, I promise. But they're not going to act that way if you act like the kind of person that says, well, I didn't say that. Oh, you know, you're, it's your job. You're, you know, you're the, the HVAC guy. You're supposed to know all this stuff, not me. Uh-uh. You need to take responsibility when you make a mistake. You need to be clear on what your expectations are. And when there are changes, you need to be clear on what those changes are. You need to communicate that in such a way where there's no way there's any confusion. This is all about being a good boss, being a good manager, being a good business person. And if you don't do this right, you might get the first job with that great contractor, but you'll never get a second one because they won't put up with the crap. They want you to be a good customer too. They want you to be a great customer. And that means being clear in your communications. And you can tell I'm clear with my communications. There are misunderstandings. There are mistakes. Usually it's my fault. Usually I bought the wrong materials. I still make those mistakes. But well, you know, I always laugh about it. I say, hey, it's my fault. Hey, I'll pay a little extra for the extra work you got to do. And so you, you play that role and you will get the best from the best people. Because if you've ever been a coach, you know what I'm talking about. Coaching Little League and whatnot. Great people want to work with other great people. If you've got this ace of a pitcher on your team and the rest of your team sucks, let me tell you, that pitcher is going to go off into some uh, you know, intramural league that's different from the public league. They're going to go do something different because the, they, they want to work with a team that's awesome. They want to work with a coach that's awesome. You want to be the kind of person that they want to work with. And I have drilled this home. You get it now. So let's talk about the next thing, which is how do you find the great contractors so you can do all this fun stuff? Now that you have your act together, now you can go out and start collecting some names of some great contractors to talk to. Now, I use the phrase collecting some names because, as you know, my rule is always get three bids. Now, if you get to a point where you're doing a ton of deals, you're doing 6, 10, 15, 30 renovations a year, you may have your team, right? And so you may not have to get bids from some of them, but you may have to get them from new ones that you, that you bring in uh, for the first time. So let's just assume at this point you're like most real estate investors. You're not doing 13 deals a year at this point, rehabs. You're doing maybe zero. Okay, so at this point what you need to do next is you need to start collecting names. And you need to do it in places where you have the highest probability of connecting with someone who might be great. So the first place um, ends up being somewhat of a, a, a blessing these days. And that's you've got your Angie's List and you've got your Home Advisor. 
Now, not all great contractors are on these lists. So don't think because they're not on here that they're somehow not good. Because there's some great ones out there that don't fiddle with these two because they're too busy doing jobs to be in the world of marketing. But uh, one of the nice things about it, of course, is you get to see the reviews. But you, you got to take some of that with a grain of salt because sometimes a great contractor works with a bad customer or a series of bad customers and they give these awful reviews when it was the customer's fault because they weren't clear in their communications or they didn't pay them quickly or whatever the case may be. So, uh, but it's a good place to start collecting some names, especially when you're dealing with specific trades like electrician, plumber. HVAC, roofing. It's a great place to start. All right, another place to collect names, and I would argue is my favorite, is what I'm going to say a recommendation, so I'll just do REC, from other great contractors. All right, now this is a bit of a change, right? So I've gone from, you know, you kind of going out into the world looking yourself to going within the realm of other great contractors. Birds of a feather flock together. And great contractors know other great contractors. And let me tell you why. Because they've been on the job site together. They've seen what these people do work-wise. They've seen the speed of their work. They've seen the way they talk, the way they operate, the way they deal with their employees. Other great contractors. So let's say you're calling up some names on Angie's list. And let's say they say, oh, we're, we're booked for the next three months. Okay, well, do you, who would you recommend? If it was your house, who would you recommend get the job done? Now that I've described to you what that job is. Remember, go back to that and know what your job is. So if you know what the job is, you can describe it over a phone. If you're clear in your communications, they might say to you, oh, I'll tell you who you should work with. Go work with Rick. Here's his phone number. He's awesome. Now, he may be booked, too. I don't know his schedule, but he's awesome, too. So other great contractors is one of the best ways to find great contractors. But maybe you, you, you still haven't got there yet, right? So you, you tried that. Uh, one of the places I like to see, again, this is the word recommendation, REC, this is going to be suppliers. So um, this is anywhere from your Sherwin-Williams, your Ferguson plumbing uh, fixtures, all the way to even Home Depot or Lowe's. In fact, some people, I've told them, just literally camp out in front of the contractor services desk at Home Depot for a day. And every contractor that comes through, say hello, talk to them, uh, and talk to the people that work at Home Depot and ask who they like the most. Because so often when I work with great contractors, if I'm in there with them buying some materials, I have discovered that those people that work at the Home Depots and Lowe's and other suppliers in the world will say to me, Oh, Phil, I just love this guy. He's been coming in here for five straight years, faithful customer. I just love working with this guy. So, other suppliers can be a great place to get names. And again, we're collecting names at this point because you want to get three of each uh, in, any, in any particular job or task. Now, number four on this list, this one's a bit interesting. It could work really well. And you can see I had that little bit of a devilish smile. I'm going to call it driving around, but another way to call it would be poaching. So <laughs> if you know an area is, is getting a lot of rehab work, you could drive around and look for any houses that have big dumpsters or where you know work is going on, and you can go check it out and maybe go talk to that contractor that's doing the work or whoever is doing the work. Because a lot of times, some of these contractors will sub out the actual work to the actual workers, and that's who you want to connect with, with the direct workers. So uh, you should go there, though, not on like a Monday at 11 when everybody's at work, I like, my favorite time is a Friday at about 5 p.m. If they're still on the job site at 5 p.m. on a Friday, they're already way up on my book. That is a huge sign of strength.
because usually they're chopping off by one o'clock, most lazy contractors, but the good ones are still there at five o'clock trying to finish some stuff up so they have the whole weekend themselves. So that right there can work. And another little tip on driving around, especially if you know you're poaching and you know some other investor that's their crew, uh, send a woman to go uh, go say hello. Because if you walk up as a dude, they're going to be a little bit more standoffish. If a woman were, uh, walks up and says, oh, excuse me, um, I have this little house I'm looking to rehab. Oh, it works. <laughs> it works well. So uh, this, one, this one can be absolutely fantastic, but just be aware you might tick some people off if you poach for maybe one of your competitors. All right, number five, moving right along. Somewhat like this, this would be you can get recommendations from uh, you know other real estate professionals, it can sometimes work. I mean, real estate agents probably more than investors, because investors usually don't want to share their good people. They usually only want to share their bad people. They'll say, oh, yeah, this roofer is great when he's really terrible just because they're a competitor of yours. I know most people wouldn't do that, but you got to be aware that it does happen. Whereas real estate agents, they, they may not be as tied to uh, the outcome, and they might actually recommend some good people. Problem with this is, this is kind of the blind leading the blind sometimes. doesn't work out as well. Sometimes people think they have a good person on their hands, and they really don't. I still like these uh, four better. In fact, these, these three are by far the, the, the top three ways to collect those names. And so now that you have those names, you understand what your job is, you can communicate with them, and seven things that, uh, that you should never say to a contractor. Even if you're working with a great one, you still want to follow those rules. And lastly, as we talk about pricing, um, when I was talking about the idea of being clear in your communications, I think you should tell the contractor that you're getting other bids. They need to know that, right? And then I tell them, I say, look, I'm going to get a few more bids. I'm not going to just simply take the lowest priced one. I'm going to take the best contractor and I'm going to let the price, you know, chips fall where they may because I want contractors to make a buck. They've got to be profitable or they're not going to work with me anymore. They've got to be profitable because it's important to our economy. I have a great video on why profit is good and why that matters to you. So I don't want to deeply gouge them. And here's the other thing. You're never going to gouge a great contractor anyways because they'll always get you back. So whether they just don't finish the job on time or whatever happens, because they're going to make their profit no matter what. So instead, since this is a relationship, this isn't like you're just buying some piece of furniture off Craigslist. You need to set it from the beginning that you're clear in your communications and then you're not totally crazy price sensitive, because that way you're going to get the best. Now, surprisingly, the lowest price doesn't mean the lowest contractor quality if you're working with great ones. I had a recent job. It was a $36,000 concrete job. And uh, I hadn't done up to that point a, that big of a concrete job. So I, and it was, plus it was in a different area. So I went looking for some new contractors. And um, the one that I liked the best, the one that had the best reputation, best reviews, I talked to some suppliers that sell concrete. They all recommended this guy. He ended up coming in the lowest. I, I was thrilled. He was hired, right? He was, he was a good five to $10,000 lower than everybody else. And I did tell him that after we got the uh, finalized the, the deal. I gave him his deposit and whatnot. I told him, I said, by the way, you were the lowest price guy. Just letting you know. Um, you can probably raise your prices in the future. Um, I, I knew I didn't have another concrete job coming up, so I wouldn't you know, bite myself in the foot. But um, 
Uh, just keep that in mind too. Pricing is not always correlated with quality. Uh, you, you can qu correlate quality with all the other aspects of this situation. Where you can look at some of their previous work they've done, talk to previous customers. Be aware this is an important decision. And what I've discovered from the pricing perspective is typically pricing changes based on the economy. If things are booming and they have tons of jobs, if a new job comes along, they jack the price up because it has to be a better job than the other one they're going to work on. If the economy is bad and things are slow in that area, they'll drop their price dramatically just to get the job, even if they're great. If they don't like you, they think you're going to be a pain in the butt, they'll jack the price up. And, and if you take it, I mean, they're like, hey, all the better. I mean, they're basically paying me for being a pain in the butt. But pricing is not correlated necessarily with quality once you're bidding against great contractors. However, if you've got a crappy one in the mix and they're the, low, the, the lowest price one, you also need to be aware, especially if their price is way too low. What you're looking for in three bids is all of them to be relatively close together. You know, within, you know, 5 to 10 to 15 percent of each other. If somebody's drastically too low, then, then there's a real problem there. And obviously, if they're drastically too high, you're obviously going to throw that up as well. There is so much more I could share about this subject, but hopefully you have a much better understanding now of how to find great contractors. And hopefully one of the big distinctions you discovered was that finding great contractors starts with you being great yourself because then you can attract the kind of people that you really want to work with that are going to do the best job. And obviously, here's some tips on, on how to generate a list of people that could be great. All right, well, I'm Phil Pustiowski with FreedomMentor.com. Please subscribe to this channel. Get a copy of my free book, How to Be a Real Estate Investor. And if you want to be a first-class, market-leading real estate entrepreneur, consider my apprentice program where my team and I work hand-in-hand, one-on-one, and we teach people how to become absolute money-making machines.